Welcome to our Holden Village podcast. For over 50 years now, Holden Village has traveled a rich history of faith that has transformed a copper mining town into a vibrant place of education, programming, and worship. Holden has sought to welcome all who seek contemplation and community in the remote wilderness of the beautiful Cascade Mountains. We continue to invite people of all ages to come alongside our rhythms, which inspire and equip travelers for a sustainable life of faith outside the village. And we continue to listen and reflect on our story and history and seek to discover our place in God's creative mission in our world. Our podcasts are a way of sharing our conversations with our teaching faculty around reformation, the reforming of our relationships with the earth, with each other, and with the divine. Let's tune in and join the conversation. My name is Peter Hernis, and I'm a faculty member at University of California in Davis, California. I teach environmental chemistry courses. Two years ago when I was in teaching staff here, there was somebody who'd come to one of my talks, and he pointed me in the direction of a fable. And so I'm going to read the fable of the happiness machine first, and then I've got some thoughts that I want to talk about with this fable. So once upon a time, there was a kingdom of people who pursued happiness. Nothing was more important to them than being happy. The happier they became, the happier they wanted to be. The source of the people's happiness was a magic happiness machine. Whenever the people felt unhappy, they would pour their troubled feelings into the happiness machine. The magic machine would melt their feelings down and purify them. The residue of their troubles became dross and the dross was drained away and dumped into a distant part of the kingdom. The people would take their purified feelings and go away singing and feeling happy again. They were called the happy people. As the years and centuries went by, the happy people became happier and happier because of the wonderful effects of the happiness machine. There was only one problem. Another group of people lived in a distant part of the kingdom where all the dross was dumped. The dross made them very unhappy. They were called the unhappy people. The more dross that was dumped on them, the unhappier they became. However, the unhappy people were not permitted to use the happiness machine because the one thing the magic machine could not do was purify its own dross. The unhappy people complained to the happy people about the problems they had with the dross. But the happy people ignored their complaints. When they were confronted with the troubling results of their happiness, the happy people simply took their troubled feelings to the happiness machine and it made them happy again. It was easy to believe that it was not the dross of their own troubles that made other people unhappy. Rather, they convinced themselves that the unhappy people were just incurably unhappy and that they had nobody but themselves to blame for their unhappiness. It was not long before the unhappy people began to protest more insistently about their situation. They organized marches and demonstrations. They demanded that the dross be removed from their part of the kingdom and they demanded a fair share of happiness for their people. But the happy people turned a deaf ear to their protests, which only served to make the unhappy people unhappier, and they protested all the more. Finally, the happy people could no longer ignore the protests. They used force to put down the protesters, and arrested and jailed the leaders. They passed laws and organized military force to control the unhappy people. Many of the unhappy people were killed. This only made them unhappier. They began to plot and plan how they could destroy the happiness machine. The conflict and tension causes a severe drain on the happy people's happiness. 
to make it worse, some of the happy people were becoming increasingly troubled about the way the unhappy people were being treated. All these new troubles made the happiness machine work even harder, and as a result, even more dross was produced. They had to build an even bigger and better happiness machine to take care of the happiness needs of the happy people. Consequently, the dross was piled higher and higher and spread farther and farther into other parts of the kingdom, which made more and more unhappy people. It was not long before the unhappy people were in a constant state of rebellion. Then a new and even greater danger arose. The happiness machine had become so large and productive that there was no place left in the kingdom to put the dross. The piles of dross crept closer and closer to the homes of the happy people and to the place where the happiness machine was operating. There was an ominous threat that the dross would back up into its own machine and the machine would self-destruct. Now the happy people were troubled not only by the rebellion of the unhappy people but also by their own happiness machine. The new danger caused even greater internal troubles among the happy people. Some people began to sorrowfully predict that the happiness machine would soon self-destruct. Others suggested that the only alternative was to build an even bigger happiness machine in order to deal with the crisis they were facing. Others began to see that the happiness machine was not a, the solution to their problems, but the cause. They wanted to reduce the size of the happiness machine or even dismantle it altogether. Some even began to wish that they could join together with the unhappy people and build a new society together without the help of happiness machines. The end of this story has not yet been written. This book is an invitation to readers to see themselves as part of the story and to help write its ending. This story, for me, is powerful because it works on so many levels. I mean, it's easy to see the relevance to environmental problems. For example, the happiness machine is our addiction to fossil fuels. And the dross is the CO2 that is polluting our atmosphere and causing climate change that impacts the most poor and vulnerable. The happiness machine cannot make the dross go away by burning even more fossil fuel. It simply makes the problem worse. But it goes well beyond environmental problems. The fable comes from Joseph Barnes' book, Understanding and Dismantling Racism, and it describes a system of institutionalized racism that functions as a happiness machine for white people at the expense of unhappy people, and of course the civil rights and ongoing efforts are depicted in the conflict between the happy and unhappy people. And the concept of addiction to fossil fuels can be generalized to the happiness machine as a model for any addiction. Think about the power dynamic between somebody with a substance addiction and the dross that impacts friends and family around them. The drugs or alcohol serve as the happiness machine for an individual but it will not solve any of the problems if the friends and family resort to the same drug or alcohol to escape all of the pain, stress, and suffering caused by their family members' addictions. You can also imagine how mental health fits into the same model of unbalanced and harmful power structures with the dross that spills onto friends and family of the person with mental illness. And the ultimate irony, of course, is that the happiness that the happy people experience isn't even real. One moral of the story might be that nobody is happy in these types of power structures. There are unbalanced and harmful power structures at work, in churches, at school, in almost every aspect of a person's life from an individual level to the whole world. And the last one I want to mention may be the most important because to me it's the disease out of which most everything environmental follows, our economic system in which those at the top of the capitalist pyramid routinely crush those at the bottom. It can be directly related to capitalism in a similar way to the meatpacking industry portrayed in the jungle or indirectly through pollution and environmental degradation. 
The key point is that everyone simultaneously fits into many different unbalanced and potentially harmful power structures, and the ones in which a person is at the bottom will dominate how they vote and how they think and act. And the power structure that you care about might not be the same one that I care about, but the fact is that all of us likely have some power structure in which we are at the bottom, and we need to look for that common ground of suffering as a part of our dialogue so that we don't end up in situations where white coal miner is getting crushed by the economic system, for example, and colored people getting crushed by institutional racism are shouting past each other and working at cross-purposes. We need to be much, much better at identifying all harmful power structures and working together to support each other in all of them. It's a model for fixing both environmental problems and bringing about social and environmental justice. Thanks for joining us for another Holden Village podcast. Be sure to view the links in the description for more information or visit our website to find out more about the village. We hope you will make a pilgrimage to Holden. Blessings and peace to you.